From an outside perspective, restaurants are the perfect getaway. Great food, inviting atmosphere, comforting environment. It's an all-around fantastic time for friends and family alike. Though it can be beautiful and enriching from the inside perspective, as a guest, one doesn't see the hardships and stressors of creating a wonderful experience. Every restaurateur goes through struggles and challenges that could make or break them. This podcast aims to explore that, pulling back the curtain and understanding what it's truly like to run these establishments as told by those who do it. I'm Justin Warner, and you're listening to Resto Talk, a podcast brought to you by Touch Bistro. Who are you and what are you doing? Hello, yes, I'm Julian Andre, and I'm the managing partner at the Strada Eteria and Bar. What's an Eteria? Ah, that's a good question. It's a made-up word. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it, uh, I'm originally from Romania, and it's being a Latin country where you always love to play with words. So it was kind of uh, one of those things that I wanted to make up a word, but everybody knew what it means. Got it. I looked at your menu, and... It spans the globe. Yes. So Strada means street in Romanian and Italian. We wanted to kind of have an upscale street flair, everything made to order. And that's how kind of the concept came along. We started with a very small bistro in a ski row about five years ago, a thousand square feet. And we have noticed that people reacted very, very well. And then we decided to expand and uh, get a wider audience. How did you get your start in restaurants? That's a long story. <laughs> That's why we have a whole podcast. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Well, uh, my parents were restaurateurs. My mom was a bartender and my father was a restaurant manager. So I was running as a child through the dungeons of the restaurants and electrical room. And everything that was on our plate at home, it looked like a uh, million dollars. It was not just something thrown on the plate, even though it was only that, but it just looked good. And I just loved the energy of the restaurant. I loved uh, the interaction and I loved the laughter. I loved the smiles. I loved when people live happy. Later on, around 14, I got involved in theater and I found they're very similar. You always have an audience and you always have to perform at the highest level. And now we kind of combine the art with the food. We have a festival coming up October 2nd through the 5th, which we're going to show films, international films, food, jazz, and music, and a good time overall. So talk to me about StrataFest, because this is a big deal. Well, I'm fortunate to have a lot of friends, even from uh, Romania, that have become extremely successful in this field, theater and film. Some of them have been in nominated in Palm Door winning films. And we always wanted to collaborate in you know, one way or the other. Because you have those relationships that you form as a as a child and some of them they really become soldered really well together. And uh one night we're talking, it's like, hey, you know, you made four films, that person made so many. I have this beautiful courtyard and we've always had shows we've always had stuff going how about a film festival we have a film festival as well it's just it's a festival not only film we collaborate with the Leroy Downs who has a jazz show on KCRW he's kind of a legendary jazz DJ I was talking to some to some of these amazing personalities and everybody responded so positively positive they said we we'll love that 
I was like, wow, and I have goosebumps, really? And they said, yeah, that would be amazing. What can we do to help? I was like, wow, this has to happen, especially after all these two years of complete uncertainty and lockdown. People have that innate desire to come out, to be together. So we have brunch jazz on Sunday, evening jazz on Sunday. So we kind of develop this jazzy Sunday. And now we bring all these elements together to create these four days of friends and neighborhood and strangers alike to come and experience film, music, good drinks, cocktails, and food and laughter, art, and create that memorable time for everyone. Magical. It's funny that you have this background in theater, because when I was working as a waiter in New York, I can't tell you how many times people would say, are you an actor? <laughs> and I, I think there are a lot of thespians that kind of end up in restaurants. So let's talk about the skill set required for the stage and how that translates well to restaurants. Well, let's start with my favorite word, which is hospitality. That's my favorite word. <laughs> See, <laughs> I, I think we should teach that from kindergarten the world would be a better place. And it's such a simple definition. It's show kindness to friends and strangers alike. The theaters, I'm I'm a theater director. I had Ivar Theater for a while, but I'm not going to talk about that that much. With a California Youth Theater back in the day. And everything is about the guests. And the restaurant is just that. It's your home. When somebody comes into your home, you want them to have the best time. At least I want to to have the best, uh, the coldest beer. If the food is supposed to be hot, to be hot. If the food is supposed to be cold, to be cold. A basic principle in a restaurant that is very hard to maintain. Being from Europe, each theater had a bar and a restaurant kind of attached to it. So it was a pre and after. A uh, restaurant was kind of a quintessential part of it. It's what restaurants a city has, it kind of tells you about the culture of the city because that is the, the town square. That is where where people meet, where relationships are forged. Kind of a lot of things come together. I love that. And I think on the best days, a restaurant is exactly that. It is an edible forum. It is an edible art piece in 3D space and time. I always call my my restaurant the dance floor. Yes. (laughs) And so, you know, there is naturally something performative about hospitality. It is an act that you can practice and you indeed have to perform. And I think in my experience, when you're being hospitable, it's like being your kindest self. Would you agree? Yes, 100%. And so have you found that your understanding of acting and your understanding of hospitality has bled together? Because when I'm on the dance floor, it's no act. It's simply who I am. It's uh, precisely that. It's always referred to it like a great actor every day. It's a reason why I remember Laurence Olivier or Peter O'Toole is because they can transcend to a screen decades later. It's because they became the character. They were not just acting out. They were not pretending. They were that character at that time. And the same with a restaurant, especially. I think it's even more challenging than a theater because sometimes you don't have rehearsal time. 
I define as the most complex business because you have the five major elements of a business that happens sometimes between a half an hour or an hour and a half. And that means ordering, manufacturing, delivery, consumption, and payment. Right now, it's, it's, it's a dress rehearsal every day. Everything has to come the same way. Everything has to be presenting like that. Not just, oh, we're too busy now. It goes like that too. No, let's make it right. And if it takes another minute, Let's inform the guest. The curtain uh, had a glitch, but stay with us <laughs> and, and we'll, we'll go through it. We'll go through it. <laughs> I know the feeling very well. Let's talk about improvisation. And I think improvisation is a skill that is sometimes necessary in theater and in performance. Do you find that the ability to improvise is helpful in restaurants? And if so, are there any curious stories where you've had to, you know, clearly the restaurant has forgotten its lines and it's just going with the flow. Oh yeah, I have plenty. And I agree with you that it's, it's an improvisation. Uh, it's a lot of Im improvisation and not because you make it from the hip. It's because you are presented with a situation that you have to react at a high level. And being able to, to have a team that is responsive and going in that direction and not pulling their hair out that is the key, that you might run out of stuff. You might have a water leak. And I, these things can go on and on and on. But how you're going to improvise and manage it and still keep that, that high level of performance, that is quintessential. I can tell you, not from this location. We had some here for the past two and a half years. I think every day was a, <laughs> a situation to improvise, close, open. Be a part, don't be a part. But uh, nine years ago, when I had my first restaurant on Melrose, I was young, like 25, and it was Valentine's Day. It was the most beautiful, I think, at the time, uh, courtyard filled up with bougainvillea and tucked away. And as you know, at that time, downtown was nothing. Hollywood was nothing happening. So it was only Hollywood and West Hollywood. And Melrose was kind of the only place people were walking in LA. In, in, in this uh, area, as the street. It was Valentine's Day, and the hostess faints. My partner at the time cut her finger, and one cook didn't show up, and the buster, I don't know what happened. I was by myself, and I had like 200 reservations, and it was the line down the block. <laughs> so at one point, it's, it is what it is. I knew that you cannot manage it. It's just impossible. It's mathematically impossible, physically impossible. So I stood up on a table. I whistled. I said, hey, guys, it's Valentine's Day, so I hope you all love each other <laughs> tremendously today. It's Bougainvillea. It's great. So here's what I'm going to do. I understand you're upset, but I have this champagne uh, or Prosecco at the time. It was an Italian restaurant. And if somebody worked in a restaurant and wants to help me out to bring like 10 bottles of uh, Prosecco from the fridge and glasses, we'll make here a station and please help each other and have a glass of champagne while the food gets delivered. And it was one of the funnest day and the greatest. Everybody clapped, everybody. Even I had a guy that helped me run food. <laughs> so that was, that was amazing. Wow. Talk about... Uh, turning a, a liability into an asset, you know, it sounds like that was probably one of the most memorable days of your career, but possibly one of the most memorable Valentine's Day experiences for the majority of your guests. 
I think so, because uh, last year somebody came and said, I remember you from that time. I was pretty younger. And it's like, we still talk about it. That oh, was, no. that, that was, and as you said, yes, uh, it was a memorable day that I still cherish. So you seem to have a remarkably positive outlook on life. You know, the, the job of, I imagine, promoting theater and the job of running a restaurant, you're dealing with a lot of egos, a lot of problems, and oftentimes that can lead to a not so positive outlook on life. I'm, I'm sure you've been there. Right. So I guess my question is, where does this positivity come from? And are there any things that you do in your, say, offstage, off-restaurant time to maintain that positivity? Yes, and that old adage from theater, right? The show must go on. That is one thing that I try to instill in my team. We say, no matter what, today will pass. But if it does, let's make sure we waltz through it. We do not ram it. So let's, let's have fun doing it. Let's make sure that everybody knows what they're doing and it's what fun is. Because not knowing what to do is where the frustration comes from by not having a clear direction. It's like not knowing your lines and you go on the set. That creates havoc. That creates desperation. But everybody knowing what they're supposed to be doing makes everything easier. Knowing that it's a busy night, we have a system of messaging that we prepare them for the night a day before or in the morning. So psychologically, they get ready. They're ready before they walk in and a manager comes desperate. You know, we have 200 covers, but we just booked another party. <laughs> and it's breathless. Now that everybody's freaking out, it's like they feel like they're in the trenches. Whereas if you take those five minutes in the morning to say, hey guys, you know, today's going to be busier. We just booked these large parties. Let's make sure we have the basics, enough glassware, enough this, enough that. Let's take them from the stores. Let's make them the wash them and so forth. Now you get two, three, four messages back. Oh, would you like me to come a little bit early? Oh, that's great. So all of a sudden you have a cohesive evening instead of a destructive night. That is the approach that I try to do as much as possible. And what do you do for fun? <laughs> what I do for fun? A lot of things, menus, because it's very creative. I used to write, not anymore because I don't have the time. But I think this environment is, is so creative. That's why we made the festival. Also, we have a tequila label coming up. I love to, to travel and I love to ride motorcycles. Cool. What brought you to the United States? Well, growing up in Romania was not as fun as somebody might think it was. <laughs> I just didn't like the dictatorship, the communism side of it, the grayness of the surroundings and the grayness of the gray, not the great, uh, the color grayness, if I may make up that word, of the souls, the sadness that was surrounding everything. So as a young child, as a child, of course, he's young. I just wanted to leave. I'm very thankful for everything that I learned there because I would not trade it to anything else. But at one point, I wanted to take my own journey, put a continent, an ocean, another continent behind and see, see what this world is all about. In other words, as I used to joke, I wanted to come at the end of the earth because if from LA, if I go more west, I'm going to start back again from the east. <laughs> So to experience and to empirically have 
the first glimpse of, of what life has to offer. Wow. I imagine that you've amassed a lot of connections through theater. Has that helped the success of your restaurant? Because, you know, expanding a restaurant from a small thing to a big thing in, in just five years, I mean, that's, that's huge. Has that been helpful maintaining these connections or has it really just been your own personal drive? Well, my lady also, she was quintessential part of it because we opened it together. Of course, because we always wanted to create a community environment. We always had our shows, even at a 1,000 square foot restaurant. The community was always present from poetry reading to private events to our shows to small plays even. But also my background, it's in, I used to be multi-MGM for a, a large restaurant company that's almost defunct now, but it's McCormick Lunch Mix, which I learned a lot. And they were the most amazing operation I've ever seen. I mean, to be a fresh seafood restaurant that doesn't have a freezer with over 33 species of fish on the menu, and you print the menu twice daily, that was, and it still is unheard of. And then I went and opened a bunch of other restaurants, you know, from Masmalo to a bunch of, I mean, Arcadia as a consultant. And I accumulated a lot of data and a lot of information. And then one day I told my lady, hey, we have these savings. Sure, you can go and buy a condo or let's open uh, a little thing and see how it goes. Why is promoting community theater, good eats, and the sort of kind of on the lifestyle, why is that so important to you? Well, like I was mentioning the name Strada, and the subtitle would be, you know, to have a more civilized street. And you can do that with food, with laughter, with theater. Now I go back to uh, Ivar Theater when I was having uh, the collaboration with the uh, California Youth Theater and with Jack Nakano, which passed away several years ago. We applied to literally take the kids who had to do community service into the theater. It was shocking to me that most of those kids didn't know what theater is. They thought it was a cinema. And these were the kids from 14 to 17. And instead of making them chores, I said, come and watch the rehearsal. And I said, the whole idea was, because they were very sad kids, you know, they were abused at home, they were abused on the, on the street, they were abused at school. And then to see them transformed and then coming after their hours were done, because I told them straight up, I said, hey, guys, uh, I wanted to make them laugh. Yeah, of course. I don't want you necessarily to become an actor or a director or a playwright or any of that, but experience something else. Have a wider palette. And they came back because they felt at home. So that's what the community is. The community is it's your neighbor. It's your friend. It's your first uh, person that you play the ball with. It's your community. It's the, if you're in a building of 10 stories, it's the guy or the girl that lives above or below or in the schoolyard. That's what it is. And you expand that community with, in hospitality with strangers. They come in and they become regulars and actually become your friends, become your partners. Wow. Speaking of partners, uh, what's next for your partner, the restaurant, your life in general? Is there, is there a next move? Always. I mean, it's always you have to move forward in a sense. And it was a lot of tension, so to speak, because of these past two years. And I believe we're the largest independent restaurant that kind of survived in this area of neighborhood. And I have to give a big 
shout out to our landlord, Daniel Life, who is very, very understanding and really worked with us throughout these perilous times. I mean, I've been a crisis manager, but I don't have a book that I can go page 27. Hey, pandemic. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I get it. (laughs) So we try now to kind of rebuild and, and bring all these elements together that we couldn't for the past two years. Because literally, we opened on July 1st, 2020, at 11.30 a.m. And at 12 p.m., the dining rooms were shut down indoors. So, <laughs> and my first table was, our first table was the landlord, a 12 top, 12 people, for the people who don't know the lingo. I said, guys, uh, I know it's your kind of building, but respectfully, I have to invite you outside because uh, we cannot dine indoors. So, that was fun. <sighs> Wow. Yeah, I get it. I opened my restaurant, my first restaurant here in South Dakota amidst the pandemic. And uh, we had no laws here, uh, no rules, no, no anything. So it was literally the Wild West for a little bit. And I had never operated a to-go only concept in my life, like never. And yeah, sure enough, nobody cared. Like they beat down the door, you know, people were, were like, well, we can stand and eat. And it's, yeah, I, I echo that sentiment that there is no book where you can just turn to page 27 and know exactly what to do. If you had to give advice to someone who wants to get into restaurants or theater or really just be an entrepreneur, because you sound very self-made and very proficient in whatever you decide to do, what advice would you well, give you. to someone that is, you know, doesn't know the lingo, is not in the game, so to speak? Well, as we know, the restaurant is one of the toughest businesses there are because the margins are slower. The hours can be brutal or crucial or <laughs> devastating. Is If you don't have that restaurant gene, I know it sounds like a cliche, but if you're not ready for anything you do, for that matter, like you said, if you're not passionate about it, if you don't love what you do, and if you're not ready to juggle absolutely everything and and from washing dishes to be the executive chef and the, the lead janitor then don't do it but if you have that and if you want to make countless friends and bunch of smiles and hugs and joyous times then by all means you know go ahead Thank you for listening to Resto Talk, a podcast brought to you by Touch Bistro. I'm Justin Warner. Make sure you subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts, and we'll catch you on the next one. Strata Eateria and Bar is located at 825 James M. Wood Boulevard in Los Angeles, California. For more information, visit their website at stratadtla.com.